This is the Mate Money Blogging Podcast, episode 40, with digital nomad wannabe founder Sharon Goulet. In today's episode, I'm giving you an update for my latest case study, as well as discussing 2023 plans for both me, selling sites, and what you should be doing in your blogging business right now for 2023 success. Now, it's been a really busy two months for me with trips to Singapore for ITB Asia and then Phuket for an absolutely amazing TBEX. I'm finally getting back to Malaysia again, and I did that twice even, which definitely still has a big chunk of my heart, and I love it more than ever, thankfully. (laughs) It's also been inspiring and motivating, and it has my brain thinking in 50 different ways at once, especially about my Malaysia case study site. So I'm going to be doing an update of this case study, the first proper one in a little while on this podcast, talk about what's happening next, both for this site and across my business, while also talking about goal setting. I'm also interested in whether you'd buy a site from me. Sound good? (laughs) Now, this episode is for you if you love my case study updates or if you're curious about what I'm doing next on this site and what you should be doing for a brighter 2023. Now, if you've never heard or read of one of my case study updates before, I recommend you listen to episode 12 first and then come back to this one. Welcome to the Make Money Blogging Podcast with digital nomad wannabe, Each week on this show, you'll find actionable tips and strategies for growing traffic and income from your blog with no fluff, so you can quit the day job and have more freedom to do what you love. From SEO to affiliate marketing to blogging business strategies, it's all here. Let's start with your host, digitalnomadwannabe.com founder, Sharon Gourlay. As I record this in December 2022, I'm surely not the only one who's feeling a little bit more hopeful after a terrible 2020 and 2021. I didn't get locked up at all in 2022, unless you count some ISO while I've had COVID, which I've just had for the second time after returning from Thailand and Malaysia, which makes it a pretty damn awesome year in comparison, just from looking at it from that point of view. You know, we also spent three months in Europe. I just had those two trips to Southeast Asia. And I feel so thankful that life is returning to a new normal that I can live with. My business feels hopeful again. And one of the best parts of TBEX for me, which is a travel blogging conference, if you haven't heard of it, is definitely how hopeful I feel about travel blogging again, to the point where I'd like to go all in on travel and move on from other parts of my business. Before I move on from talking about TBEX, I do want to say just how amazing it was. It was only my third TBEX, actually. My first one was over seven years ago, so they've been really spread out, you know, and then it took three or four years to get to the next one and then that period again. But this one was just amazing. Every talk I went to was great. Every person I talked to was great. You know, Phuket was great. And apart from an incident where I thought our bus would be rushed away in floods, yes, we drove through tons of floods. It was, that part was awful. But the rest of the conference, I can't talk highly enough about it. And everyone I talked to was like, yeah, this is the best TBEX. And people who'd been to a lot more uh, TBEXs than me. Now, if you're someone I talked to there or you came to one of my presentations, you know, if you played any role in my TBEX experience, just thank you so much. I really had such a great experience. And it's thanks to you um, that that was the case, you know, as well as a big thanks to Anton, Shane, Rick, and the TVEX team. You know, it was a really great conference. Now, a lot of speakers and attendees were from the Asia Pacific region, and we are a region where travel has and continues to really suffer thanks to the pandemic in a way that some of the other parts of the world, is, it's not. So it did make it extra awesome to be at the same place. For what I believe was one of the biggest TBEXs ever and certainly the biggest they've had in the post-pandemic world. So 
yeah, it was really great. I really hope I can get to a TBEX next year as well, but I'm just just waiting to see what else is going to going to be released because I just I'm just not up for going to Europe in May. It's just too soon for me after September when it took me over 70 hours to get home. I'm still a bit traumatized. Uh, but I am super pumped to go to another TBEX as soon as I feel able. But let's get back to my case study. This is actually my 19th case study update and you can watch, listen and read to the first 18 at digitalnomadwannabe.com slash case study. And don't forget you can find today's show notes at digitalnomadwannabe.com slash episode 40. Now, if you enjoy today's show, make sure you subscribe to the Making Money from Blogging podcast and leave a review because that's the best way to get me motivated to make lots more of them. Now, I'm going to start by talking about the numbers in my case study and what I've been doing to grow them. So in November, I had 61,000 page views approximately and around 41.7 thousand users, which was a decrease of about 6,000 users from the month before. So the last few months, the traffic has decreased every month which hasn't been a good feeling, but I'll talk about that more soon. I made $2,097, which was about $100 more than the month before. This is made up of Agoda, the most year, the hotel bookings, um, and that was $698, which was a nice increase. Now, this is an estimate. As you would know, if you have hotel affiliates yourself, you know, some get cancelled. Um, so this actually counts for about 70%. So I use that as my estimate because most bookings for my Malaysia site, they are very soon. So a lot will be in that month. To be fair, the ones that are that month and already marked as completed, I 100% count that earnings, but all the rest I count 70% of. Um, but most bookings are usually the, the current month or the next month, you know, so they do tend to be more likely to take place. I also made $15 from booking.com. Um, so while I usually only talk about a Goda because I pretty much don't get any booking.com uh, bookings, there are just a few hotels across the whole site where they where they don't exist on Agoda, but they exist on Booking.com. So that's why that happened. Now for advertising using Azoic and AdSense using mediation. So Azoic does allow you to put other advertising networks in there. And then it has this thing called mediation that always shows the highest paying ad. Um, so I get like a mixture from them. Uh, that was $852 for the month. Kluke, which is activities, tours, and some other things, $219. Now, bus and ferry tickets, uh, I made $126, which was a decrease thanks to just not as many ferry bookings um, because the East Coast Islands, which get a lot of traffic on my side, they're shut at the moment because of the monsoon season. So, you know, people just are buying ferries and next year's tickets, you know, aren't out yet. My digital product, my Malaysia itinerary planner made $95. Um, I didn't make any from rental cars this month, but not all the reporting is updated yet for that. And the new taxi booking service I launched, I made $92. Now, if you've been following this, you know I care about RPM at the site. It's my main focus at the moment rather than traffic or exactly how much money. So how much I make per 1,000 users. Um, as it was bad to start with, you know, and any rise in that can make a big difference. And that's why I was able to earn more this month, even though my traffic was lower. And the real best part of my November results is I hit a new high for this and it's now $50.22 per thousand users or 5.0 cents per user. So I'm, I'm actually really happy with over 5 cents per user because over two thirds of my traffic is Asian. So it's a little harder to monetize, you know, like some people can make like a ton through ads. It's really hard if you don't have like primarily American audience, which I don't have at all. America's nowhere near the tops of my audience. It must be like a couple of percent of people. Um, so to be getting over five cents per user, I feel is really great, but obviously 
I feel like that can grow a lot because there's lots of things I've been trying to do to grow the earnings from the site where I still haven't been able to put enough time in yet to be really successful at it. So there is definitely scope to go there. Um, And yeah, my focus since returning to work in September after my Europe trip was to grow this RPM and to work on my earnings rather than content. So definitely that is successful, um, but I still only have done a small proportion of work on that, like I just said. In part because I went to Malaysia, I did get caught up in some content production, even though that wasn't my primary goal, but it needed to happen, right? I haven't been there in three years before that. I needed to update the content where I could and make it really fantastic and improve what was already there because it's easy to feel like things are a bit different. Thankfully, I didn't find things were that different post-pandemic, so that's good. Um, And I did already have like VAs go through and fact check all my content. So it's not like I feel like things were incorrect, but it's like really just taking it to that next level that you can only really do when you're in country and can take, you know, some really informative photos and get really detailed instructions on things. And, And there's just a lot you can do there that I did during those trips. In saying all this, of course, I don't like how my traffic keeps sliding down. I'm actually seeing this across many of my sites as sort of a problem when I stop actively working on the site. So while I've worked on this Malaysia site the last couple of months, mostly it's been on the background in this monetization stuff, so not things that Google would see. Plus, it's only a couple of months, you know. The site hibernated for like two and a half years before that and didn't have much content added. And, yeah, this is something I see across all my sites thanks to just, you know, I can only concentrate on so much at a time. And I do find Google more and more starts sort of punishing your content if you don't keep adding more or keep it updated. It like happens a lot faster. You know, I can grow for a few months after adding new content. The traffic can go up by itself and I can not do anything for a little bit of time. But then I find it slowly starts to go down. You know, nothing dramatic, nothing that aligns with the Google updates. It doesn't feel like I'm hurt in that way. Just gradual decreases. So I am hoping the new content that I've been adding the last couple of months with those trips is helping because things are trending up right now. The last week is the highest it's been in a while. So I'm hoping December traffic will be a much better story um, and that November becomes my lowest traffic month ever post-pandemic and it's only up from here. Now, part of the decrease is seasonal for sure as my East Coast content in Malaysia performs best. And like I said before, the islands there are all basically shut for the monsoon season until March. So while I think some of it is Google's not liking my site as much, some is definitely that as well. So back to talking about money. I still have not made much leeway on partnerships, which I see as a major income source going forward. ITB Asia really only had Borneo travel companies there when I went there. And while I hope that leads to saying in future, and I did have some useful conversations, some less useful ones, I don't have much Borneo content at the moment. So while there were companies there that were interested in forming partnerships with me and doing some of the things that, that I want to do with partners in future, it only takes me so far right this moment. While I don't have that content, meaning I don't have that audience that I could sell things through the partnership to. So I am planning to spend some time in Sabah in Borneo uh, in April and I hope, hope to get to Sarawak sometime next year and really help grow all that. Um, but really to make a more impact on my earnings and to help my readers more, I do need partnerships with companies in Peninsula Malaysia. Now, I only got a chance to look at my email marketing in the last week because that's another thing I wanted to do to help grow things. I finally put up a big rejigged onboarding sequence again after stopping it in 2020. I looked at what works well on my Tasmania site where I'm really nailing email marketing and, and use that to improve and what I had before and kind of did a combination of both. I'm glad I finally did that. It really just took a few hours. So it's really annoying that it just took me so long to get back to it. I also realized that my itinerary planner, you know, which 
as you would know, if you follow these case study updates, doesn't sell that well. I don't sell that many. Um, I was thinking there was something wrong with it, but I now realize the bigger problem is that I'm just not getting many subscribers. I didn't realize like how few subscribers I was getting a month was really very low. Um, so actually my conversion of subscribers to the plan is actually pretty good. It's just that I didn't have many subscribers. So my problem is getting more subscribers rather than there's a problem with the planner. Um, or I, at least at the moment, I can't really tell if, if it's the best match for my audience or not, because I'm just not putting it in front of enough people. Um, so I'm definitely wanting to work on that. And I already have a little, I've been putting tons of opt-in links. So they are links um, that say something like, click here to download my Malaysia travel planning checklist and you click and then you get a pop-up um, to fill in. So I've always found that they work pretty well. And some of that was already on the site, but really not many. I added it to like literally over 100 posts like last week, which, you know, wasn't immediate. It took me a few hours, but again, not much. And immediately it led to more subscribers. You know, I was getting like one a day. And that first day after I did it, you know, I had eight of double opted in once. So ones that not just put their details in, but went and clicked on their email. So they properly subscribed. So that made a big difference immediately. I am always working on improving my pop-up conversions, like just trying split testing different things on my pop-ups. So hopefully that all helps too. I mean, it's kind of tricky to compare some of that directly, you know, like my pop-ups and that on my Tasmania site, for example, perform a lot better than my dive into Malaysia. But on my dive into Malaysia, it's like I'm really um, only going after a subset of my audience because, you know, I don't think that local Malaysians, for example, they're just traveling around their country would want to buy my itinerary planner. So a lot of the people that hit the site aren't really the right match for my product. So I'm not really trying to get every single person to subscribe, but I definitely need more than what I currently, and I should be able to get more. I also launched my long distance taxi booking service for Malaysia since my last update. Now I get at least an inquiry a day, I would guess. Um, Often it feels like multiple, but the problem is that not many are leading to bookings. You know, and it's a bit hands-on at the moment because I get the inquiry, I have to check with my local operator, then I have to get back to the inquiry person. There's like lots of back and forth that I'd love to automate, but, you know, it made like 90-odd bucks in November. So I'm not going to be paying to build a whole system (laughs) while my conversions are so low. So, yeah, I mean, some of the problem is that it's like I need more local operators really um, because where a lot of the inquiries come from is where my content does the best um, and places in Malaysia and it, and those areas don't align with where my local operator are. So for him to like arrange taxis in those areas can just be more costly because someone's got to drive out there to then do a drive. Hopefully that makes some sense. So yeah, there are some issues there that are beyond just whether these people could convert or not. It's like I probably need a better net network and stuff as well, but I am definitely keeping with it. I feel like there is still a lot of potential there and it can go better and I'm still quite excited by it. I also could do a lot better with that if I added more content to specifically feed into it, you know, thinking about who are the people that would book it, what keywords are they searching, getting those people on my site. So none of that has happened yet either. You know, at the moment, it's just added to a lot of other articles and it does lead to a reasonable amount of inquiries, right? If I could get those people on there that are really my target audience for this, that would do a lot better too. But of course, it's like having the time to do that. I also really need to go back to the partnership work to get that happening and earning money for me. I am a little frustrated at the moment how hard it is to talk to companies in Malaysia in this area. You know, if I just approach companies directly, like from here in Australia, I'm just getting absolutely nowhere. Like I'm not sure anyone's replied to me when I've done that. So that is a little frustrating. 
when I went to ITB Asia, you know, there just wasn't much representation. I would have been much better off going to world travel markets in London where heaps of Malaysian companies were that I would have loved to have talked to. But I'm really hesitant to go all the way to Europe, like I talked about before with TBEX. And it just feels like there must be a better solution when I'm in Australia, these companies are in Malaysia, why do we have to travel to Europe um, to have a discussion? So, I mean, if anyone has any ideas of what conferences might be more in this region or travel trade shows where I could have these conversations and meet people in person, that would be great. I do have many other ideas for this site as well, like so many. That's why I wish I could just work full time on it. And I'm close to launching an app. I want to just try out and see if anyone like looks up travel apps and would download them. And I want to start a podcast on Malaysia travel. But again, time, especially at the moment, because it's only about two weeks until school summer holidays start here. So then I basically won't be working again until February, you know, with three kids, none of them want to go to holiday care, holiday care is, you know, it's over $300 a day, which, you know, is in after tax income. It it kind of just gets really hard to justify working. So I kind of feel um, I have to just stay at home with them and put work to the side, which is a little frustrating when I'm feeling so motivated and full of ideas. And of course, I'm also balancing the needs of this site with my others. And the reality is at the moment, I don't want to work on the others anymore. I mean, some of the travel ones, yeah, sure, keep to the background. I might go back to them at some point. But the problem is that most are slowly dying because I'm not putting any effort in. So they're seeing that traffic slump that I've seen me dive into Malaysia. Like I said, I'm seeing it in a lot of of my sites. And I really just have so many sites at the moment. There's actually 20. I went and counted them when preparing for this. But 20 sites that either earn money or there's just a few that don't, maybe, um, in that list of 20 but they've been built up with a lot of content still. That's been on my plan since September and continues to be on my plan for the next year to sell many of them. Honestly, I'd like to sell just about all of them, but that is time consuming and it's working that into my list of priorities, especially as many don't earn much money or I've never monetized them. You know, it's like how much time do I want to spend on something that's maybe worth a thousand bucks, for example, or maybe I'd earn more money on some of them if I just sold the articles individually, like some people have been doing in the DNW Facebook group. But you know, it's time. I don't have time to muck around like that. So part of me is like some of them I should probably just completely dump, like stop renewing the domain name and let them go. But I just find that so difficult to do. I don't think I could. When I know it has value and I know someone could make good use of it, I don't really just want to dump it. So I get a bit in my head at this point going, well, what what should I do? I don't want all this stuff. Um, How can I get rid of it without wasting more time than it's worth? Also, many of my sites currently are Australian on .com.au domains, which makes them a little trickier to sell. Some brokers with primarily American audiences, which tend to be a lot of the main ones, aren't interested and smaller brokers don't understand what is entailed. In fact, I approached one recently who won't sell them because they didn't believe me that non-Australians are allowed to own .com.au domains, um, which is completely not true. But they do need to meet at least one requirement to be able to own it from a list, which of course makes it maybe a little less attractive if you're not Australian. For example, when I sold a .com.au to an Israeli before and I did sell a .com.au, the only time I've tried, I sold one, you know, for six figures, so it was very successful. Um, All they had to do was actually apply to register a trademark in Australia, so they applied to register the trademark of being like the the site name, and that's all it took um, to be able to buy the .com.au, but, you know, it is an extra step. But I would say if you're someone who's not Australian and thinking about owning an Australian site, you know, it does lead to better diversification in a website portfolio. And Amazon Amazon Australia does still offer great commissions here. You can still get 10% commissions. So um, I do have a lot of Australian product review sites, you know, maybe it would be something you'd be interested in. 
So I have also been wondering if it could be worth selling some of them to the DNW audience. Maybe I'll have a little bit of a uh, flea market sale <laughs> on my um, on my websites. So, you know, if you're someone who would be interested in a site that maybe, you know, it's more like a starter site that needs a bit of TLC, get that traffic back or get it started, you know, it would be a good way to get an established site with plenty of content and lots of potential that like, you know, needs some love and needs to not be ignored like I've been doing to it. You know, if that is you, if you think it would be interesting for me to sell some sites and you'd be interested in buying one, please let me know and maybe I'll have a site sale next year. But yeah, the bigger issue for me is getting rid of my sites would be that it would give me time, but I've got to find that time first. Plus, then there's the sites that are on their way up. You know, a lot of the sites I have are only started in the last few years and some of them, like they are going okay and they're growing every month. And then it makes more sense to keep them and sell them a bit later because they'll be worth more than if I sold them right now. But then suddenly I'm still keeping, you know, like a whole chunk of sites and it's like I really just don't want to. So I'm kind of going back and forth in my mind as well. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm definitely going to be selling some. It's just how I go about it. But let me know your thoughts. I'd be really interested. But that's enough about me. Let's talk about you and your blogging business. How has your 2022 been? You know, what are you planning for 2023? This really is a natural time to evaluate the year behind and to set goals for the year ahead. And I feel like we have more clarity on what may be possible in 2023 than the last couple of years. And it's a little easier now to try and set goals and plans. You know, I know I've been hesitant the last couple of years because, you know, it just kept being so heartbreaking, having everything go wrong, that it made it hard to look ahead. But I feel like, you know, there is some hope now that we can look ahead and we should be doing some really decent goal planning, goal setting and planning for next year. Because I really can't emphasize enough how important goals are for your business and a full plan to meet them. To the point where if you don't have that currently, I think you should stop everything you're doing on your blog and like do this. It's so important. Now, if you don't know where to start with like reaching any goals you have, I I do recommend that that's where courses play a part. And I have SEO Fast Track to help you get traffic and ebook launch pad, which can help you create a market, an ebook or digital product. Um, And you can see them in the show notes. But, you know, there's tons more courses out there. You know, courses is how I learned to do everything I do in my business. I didn't just make it up didn't just pull it out of my butt. You know, I had to learn. Now, my free five-day goal-setting challenge is a great place to start with setting your goals and making a plan with a little bit of work to do each day over the next five days so that you'll have a proper plan at the end of it and know what you need to do to reach your goals. And you can find this at digitalnomadwannabe.com slash GSC. So like goal-setting challenge, digitalnomadwannabe.com slash GSC. It's also on the menu on the site and you can also find it in the show notes. Now, I do this process myself as described in that challenge at least once a year, usually twice. Whenever I start to get confused and not feel direction, I find it helps. In fact, even though I only just did this in September, I'm thinking about doing it again because I just feel this big push that I just want to work in travel. (laughs) I don't want to do this other stuff. So I am thinking about redoing it to try and work out how I can prioritize my time better, like with selling the sites and all the things I've just been talking about. When I do this goal setting thing and my plans, it helps me get a lot of clarity on that. And a clear plan really is the best way to ensure, even if you only have a few hours a week to work on your blog, you're always using your time in the best possible way with the best possible chance to meet your goals. Now, I highly recommend you listen to episode 21 if you're feeling stuck with the process of goal setting and planning as I talk you through it there at digitalnomadwannabe.com slash episode 21, or if you're listening to me on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, you know, just flick through to 21 because I walk you through it all there, including what goals to set if you are new to blogging. 
So that's it for me. You can find the show notes for this episode at digitalnomadwannabe.com slash episode 40. You can ask any questions there or in the DNW Facebook group at dnwcommunity.com. You know, I'm always happy. Give me my feedback in the comments on that post, especially about the selling sites. I'd love to hear from that or in the Facebook group. Or, you know, if you're on my email list, reply to any email. Um, Let me know what you think. And make sure you subscribe to this channel because next episode I'll be back in 2023 with Maureen's exciting insights to share. And I look forward to chatting with you then. Thanks for listening to Make Money Blogging with Digital Nomad Wannabe. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast for more actionable tips and strategies for growing traffic and income for your blog so you can build a blogging business you love. Don't forget to leave a review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you next episode.